0: Hey everybody, it's me, Josh, and for this week's SYSK Selects, I've chosen Did Reagan's Star Wars program Win the Cold War?, which we originally released back in August of 2012. It's a pretty good look at the time Ronald Reagan bled the Soviet Union dry so badly that it actually brought an end to communism basically all over the world. It's a pretty good episode, and I hope you enjoy it. Let's listen now.
1: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, from HowStuffWorks.com.
0: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuckers Bryant sitting across from me. Hi. Yeah, have you ever seen Tony Darko? Oh, dude. It's one of my favorites. You know when he takes that uh, mescaline and like that thing comes out of his chest and he starts following it? Yeah, he doesn't take mescaline, but yeah. Sometimes I feel when we're sitting across from one another, we're connected by one of us. <laughs> yeah. Like a, a, a wormhole of fellowship.
2: Yeah. Like from the abyss. That's what it sort of looked like.
0: Yeah, it did look a lot like that. I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. When, um... When uh, Ed Harris takes all that mescaline, oh, that movie, and sees the uh, (laughs) sees that thing come up out of the water, it was just like that.
2: No mescaline, no movies. How's it going? In which people take mescaline?
0: Uh, There's plenty of those, pal. Sure, Um, (sighs) mescaline. This is what people have been complaining about lately. Who's been complaining? (laughs) Tell me their names. Uh, Various people. People have been complaining, oh, you bring something up. I feel like we should address something. We haven't done this in a really long time. It it, it appears to me that we have a lot of newcomers. Yeah, welcome. Yes, welcome. Um, And I think anyone who's been following us the the whole time kind of gets the stuff you should know jam, right? Yeah. But it seems like there's a lot of people who don't quite understand what we're doing and, and think that we purport to be infallible experts on everything and that we don't just get things wrong from time to time. Yeah, We're just a couple of guys who are pretty decent at researching. That doesn't mean like we invented the topic that we're talking about or that we didn't just walk right past uh, um, a fact or something that we missed in our research. It comes up. It happens from time to time. So I, I guess if you're just joining us, that's probably something good to keep in mind. We Don't claim to be experts, so don't hold us to that standard because we're not trying to reach that standard. We're just trying to impart some really great information as factually as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, we love science and wonder. Great. Are you good? Uh, Yeah. All right. How are you doing? I'm awesome. Do you have anything to get off of your chest? No, just
2: welcome the pimento cheese uh, mini sandwiches are in the corner.
0: (laughs) Help yourself. (laughs) So Chuck, yes. do you remember a while back we talked, well we've talked about this stuff a lot, mutual assured destruction. We did a podcast on that specifically, didn't we? We did, yeah. um, we did one on who wo- who won the Cold War. Yeah,
2: did one on how to steal a nu- nuclear bomb.
0: Yeah, like it, it, we've done, it, it's just this fascinating period of world history, Yeah. the Cold War. Agreed. Incredibly tense, incredibly scary. And this is our history. It is, in part because yeah. you're half Russian.
2: Well, <laughs> no, but um, I
0: was alive and well, yeah, and we're, a, a we're youngster Cold War kids, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. We've talked about this before, sure. Ruskies, little Ruskies. Um, so, uh, the the central, I guess, f- the fulcrum of the Cold War, the fact that the reason we're all still here is that was the doctrine of mutual assured destruction. Yes, which is basically like we had enough nukes to wipe out the entire world. The Soviet Union had enough nukes to wipe out the entire world, so we were just there in a tense, fragile detente. How about a nice game of chess? Exactly. That's why we're still here. So, um, th- this was, I guess, this accepted reality for every president and every premier um, from, well, I guess who? F- for us, from Ike on. Okay. This mutual assured destruction doctrine was just kind of a, a part of daily life. Um, but when Ronald Reagan came into office, he came up with a different plan. He did indeed. So instead of a tense standoff. He found that untoward. I guess. I think he found it from my understanding of Reagan. He would have found it untoward because it didn't give America a clear advantage.
2: Well, the article says he found it morally and politically distasteful.
0: I agree with him in that Reagan didn't like mutual assured destruction for one reason or another. Yeah. So he came up with something, a game changer. You would call it today if you read books that eighty percent of an airplane is also reading at the same time. That's right.
2: What is it? Uh, Josh. He came up with the Strategic Defense Initiative. Yeah. Which the press liked to call star the Star Wars program. Yeah. And I remember this very very well, because it was largely derided in the
0: press for a bunch of reasons uh we're going to talk about. Yeah. I remember it very well too. Yeah. It was all over Mad Magazine. Oh yeah. Um it was all over Time. Mhm. There were awesome illustrations of like satellites with lasers shooting out of them that like you could see in the mainstream media a lot. Sure. Um but yeah, I also rem- remember it kind of it just basically being generally disliked by the public.
2: Yeah, as well. Pretty much. It was it was uh To be laughed at in many circles, although it was a very serious thing. It was. And it was laughed at for a lot of reasons, but that we're going to go over.
0: So Reagan, on March 23rd, 1983, he held an address to the nation, a little televised speech. And in it, he challenged the um, scientific community, um, who he said had created nuclear weapons, to make those very same weapons, quote, Impotent and obsolete. And that kind of became the the rallying cry. Yeah. Like, let's make nukes impotent and obsolete. And the way you do that is to make it so that we have a missile defense system that can shoot down every single nuclear warhead that Russia has in its arsenal. All at once, if need be. Yeah.
2: After launch, um, that is. So, right. like, if they launch their missiles, we can shoot them down in space. Yeah. And... um in Reagan's view which you know i can see his point at the time um, there would not be any more need for it. he he thought it would like neuter the cold war in its tracks the soviet union thought that's not too cool they thought nyet 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 right uh because well a lot of, a, a lot of people felt like it was going to escalate mm-hmm. the arms race the soviets thought yeah. this just means you have a clear advantage over us sure. this doesn't neuter like it neuters us it doesn't neuter you
0: Right, and Reagan said uh, as many times as the Soviets could stand to hear it that um, this was strictly a missile defense system. Right. A net or a shield, if you will, um, that that would only be used in the event that a Soviet nuclear launch was detected, right. right? But the Soviets were saying, or you could just shoot all of our missiles down and then launch a strike. Sure. A first strike where we would have no way to retaliate. So, yeah, this is totally unacceptable. And, yeah, the Russians rallied against it. But not just them. The Here at home, there were a lot of people who didn't really care for it, including the public who thought it was a, a pipe dream or who thought it would escalate a new arms race with sure. the Soviets or who just thought it was going to be a huge like money pit.
2: Yeah, and it was a lot of those things. Um and when we say Soviets, let's go ahead and call out the premiere that I didn't remember, Yuri and Off. Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't remember him. I don't remember him either.
2: And I looked him up. He was only, I mean, there was, it seems like there was a lot of premieres there for a while that like died shortly, oh, he shortly died. thereafter. Yeah. I think he was in like like less than a year and a half. Uh, he Sounds was like the office. KGB
0: had something to do with it.
2: And vodka. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um so he was the premier at the time. He wasn't a fan. They launched a big uh, propaganda campaign. It says 70% of their propaganda uh, went toward uh, pooing the Star Wars defense program, even though they didn't think it was going to work.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, N- Neither did our
2: Congress, apparently.
0: Right. Apparently, the Soviets were like, this is not a feasible program.
2: Well, and they said it violates a couple of important treaties. Um, the ABM, the Anti-Ballistic Missile Treaty of 72, uh, which- the Soviet Union and, and uh, the United States were both a part of said that at the time that was two ground-based missile defense systems you were allowed. Later on, it was one. And I guess this would have been more than two.
0: Not only that, ground-based is a, an operative sure. term in this case because this, yeah. this was going to be, this, this strategic defense initiative was going to be space-based. And that
2: violates another treaty. Mm-hmm. 1967 Outer Space Treaty says that you cannot use weapons of mass destruction in space. And that's pretty much what was going on, or that was what was planned right, right so um all right, so that's that's why they don't like it
0: right why and Congress didn't like it
2: Congress didn't like it
0: either uh most people in congress they they apparently the um the missile defense agency attributes um, coining the term Star Wars" to describe the strategic defense di- initiative to mock it, really, yeah, um, to Ted Kennedy in yeah. an interview in The Washington Post. Like almost right after Reagan announced the strategic defense initiative. And Reagan spent the rest of the time he was in office trying to simultaneously get this pushed through and to get everyone to stop calling it Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Because with no luck. Had had it caught the American public's imagination like oh yeah star wars let's just go ahead and blow up russia yeah with star wars he would have been like yeah it's let's call it star wars it's awesome but it was like Reagan star wars that crazy old kook he's got alzheimer's yeah. and he uh wants to put weapons in space and just shoot lasers around and all that yeah. so he spent a lot of time lobbying against people calling it star wars but it didn't work
2: uh no he he tried to go by the name strategic defense Initi- initiative and uh you know how the press is. Once I think it, he was to get a hold of something. It's all over.
0: He was probably even willing to to um, allow it to be called the SDI. I'll bet he was even like. I just, bet he'd be down with just that. Just call it SDI.
2: So Europe wasn't all in favor. The Allies, they had some concerns about uh, the balance of power and how this would affect it, obviously. And like you said, Congress, um, not everyone was against it, but they had some major issues, largely, A, the cost, and B, is it even possible? Like, are we just pipe dreaming here on these lasers? Right. And they were kind of right.
0: Well, at the time they were. So in in Reagan's defense— he said from the outset, like, this can take years, yeah, decades. Sure, this is not going to be an overnight thing.
2: Yeah, and that, he also said, We're going to test a lot of different stuff,
0: right? That he was like, he was well aware the technology didn't exist, yeah, or if it did exist, it was like a glimmer in some national laboratory scientist's eyes, sure. And it was just in the nascent stages. So um, from the outset, he commissioned some reports. And the one that kind of got picked up was the Fletcher report. And the Fletcher report basically said, here are eight things you need to build the strategic defense initiative. Everything from sensors that can detect when an uh, intercontinental ballistic missile launch is launched.
2: Yeah, because they don't phone you up and say we've launched... Exactly
0: right, and you need to make sure that they're accurate, and it's not going to be like a war games thing where it's like whatever. Um, You also need to come up with some incredible guided missile systems. Mm -hmm. Um, Just this, I think there were like eight different different aspects that basically either needed to be created or needed to be refined to the point where they might as well be created from scratch. Right, and Reagan said, "Do this."
2: Yeah, he said, "Press on," and I think a lot of people at the time in Congress, at least, were saying. Good idea. Let's use this as a bargaining tool right. in the arms race. Like we don't really have to do it. Right. They're and, like,
0: everyone thinks you're serious. Exactly. It's awesome. And
2: he said this could work as a bargaining chip. And he was like, no,
0: I really want the Star
2: Wars uh or, I'm sorry, SDI.
0: Right. In effect. So apparently um Gorbachev got Reagan to meet him for um arms. Limitations talks in Iceland in October of 1986. Oh, yeah. And uh, Reagan went and they had this great talk. And, like, basically, Gorbachev was like, let's end mutual assured destruction. Let's basically get rid of our arsenals. And the, the Soviets were just throwing, like, bone after bone under the table. And Reagan just can't believe his luck. And then all of a sudden, Gorbachev at the end is like, okay, so we'll go ahead and sign off on this, but all of this is contingent that you give up Star Wars. Right. And Reagan stood up and left. Really? He left. Yeah. Which is kind of like, that's a little crazy maybe, but that's the level of commitment he apparently had to Star Wars.
2: Well, yeah. Not too uh, long after, the Soviet says, well, you know what? We got to do something. We can't build a Star Wars. And it's actually a pretty good idea. They said we can, well, at least they thought they could. Um, undertake what they called the Polyus Skiff, which was, we'll invent a network of weapons to destroy your Star Wars machine. right? Um, which was, hey, that's pretty good thinking. But they didn't have the funding, and uh, it was not very
0: successful either. No, they didn't. And that leads us to um, a point, if I may skip around a little, Chuck. Sure. But um, history has kind of vindicated Reagan in one way, like uh, his Star Wars program didn't go anywhere, but it wasn't given very much time, right and the reason why is because the uh, fall of the Soviet Union happened, yeah, within a, less than a decade after he announced the Star Wars uh, initiative, the program, yep. uh, the Soviet Union fell, collapsed entirely. Uh, and and with some it. people attribute that uh-huh. to the defense spending that yeah. he immediately caused them to, to start expending. Because of the Star Wars program. True. So he did kind of ratchet up this arms race, but the Soviets couldn't keep up. Right. So this came on the heels of us bleeding them dry in Afghanistan, secretly funding the Mujahideen, which became the Taliban, by the way. Right. But we I, I don't know how much Reagan knew, but the, the, the Soviets were hurting financially. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he introduced Star Wars and they couldn't keep up.
2: Yeah. And the fall of the Soviet Union, with that came obviously the – at least huge threat of all-out nuclear war. Right. Because they were the the major players. Um, You didn't have to worry about the smaller countries, you know, as far as MAD goes.
0: Right. Well, you had to worry about rogue states and all that. Right. And making sure that the Russians could hang on to their arsenal, which they didn't do very well necessarily. But, yes, the mutual assured destruction just went the way the dinosaur when the Soviets fell. Um,
2: H.W. Bush comes along. Yeah. People get annoyed, by the way, when we don't say president so-and-so.
0: Who does? I've Where seen, are you? See? Is this on Facebook?
2: No, I've seen people write in before, and I've heard other people say you should always address them as President so and so. But I hear all the time people say Obama, Clinton, yeah. Reagan. Yeah. So no, no disrespect intended, folks. H. W. Bush comes along. <laughs> Soviet Union has fallen, so he's like, you know what? We need to really cut back on this scope of this uh, SDI. Mm-hmm. He probably would have just scrapped it all together. But he was pretty loyal to. Uh Reagan. Of course. And um, so he refocuses a program, cuts it back. Uh, Clinton comes along, President Clinton, and (laughs) refines it even more and cuts it back even more. And by the time that happened, it wasn't anything like Reagan's initial uh, Star Wars program.
0: No, not at all. No. But it would become handy, which we'll get to. So let's talk about what Star Wars was. We've kind of given like a a little bit of a broad overview, but- um, until I started researching this, I hadn't really thought about it, but intercontinental ballistic missiles, one's capable of saying traveling from Moscow to New York, have to leave Earth's atmosphere and enter orbit. And so the idea was, we would have something up there that could shoot it down when it entered orbit. That's right. Which meant that we had to place, we had to weaponize space. Yeah, and I wonder if they ever gave any thought to what nuclear bombs
2: going off in space would mean. I mean, surely there's repercussions there. I know it's space, but you can't just go willy-nilly setting off nuclear bombs in space, well, right? We
0: did in Nevada.
2: Well, that's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs>
0: in but, the Bikini Atoll.
2: Yeah, and look what happened there.
0: The what happened there?
2: Well, I'm just saying it, it's it's got to cause some kind of harm to space, even though it's space, right? Mm-hmm. Or does it just suck into it? Like I have no idea. This is something I could not find. I mean, I, mean, I researched. I couldn't find anything.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I understand what you're saying. And space is a vacuum, so it should have some effect or no effect whatsoever. I have but no it's idea. got to. A nuclear explosion is. Got to do something. There's someone out there really smart that hopefully is going to email me. I guess though the um, the idea behind this was fairly utilitarian, where it was like, okay, this possible consequence in space or saving sure. millions of lives here on Earth, and they just said, whatever, that's fine. Of course. Um, but so you have something up in space that's capable of shooting down an intercontinental ballistic missile, like an X-ray laser. That's This is, like, where we kind of come to some of the, um, like, there were a lot of proposals that were kind of out there, but they went ahead and spent a lot of money testing these things, like...
2: The X-ray laser, yeah. and uh, that was uh, physicist Edward Teller. Um, he it was, created
0: the hydrogen bomb.
2: Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It was his proposal, so they obviously listened to him. And um, it was going to use power generated by a nuclear blast, and... It never performed well, and it really became the the focus point for the press and for David Letterman and for Johnny Carson (laughs) to make fun of because it was an X ray laser, and this is coming off the heels of the Star Wars movies themselves with their X ray blasters, or actually, they were Death Star
0: blowing up, yeah, or the Death Star blowing up uh, that planet, Alderaan, I think they focused the laser and boom. You just saved me from a lot of ire because I was going to say Tatooine. I, I, I might have got it wrong. I think it was Alderaan. Man, I hope you got it. If there's one thing I that know. I ever <laughs> hope you got right, it was that one. So, um, so many Star Trek fans would be writing in. St- <laughs> so the, there's the X-ray laser, and it doesn't yeah, go over very well. Which
2: was very much the focus of, of the media, and they were being chided for the fact that they you know, sounded really far out.
0: Right, but they they tested it, it just wouldn't work. The idea behind it was that they were going to have a small controlled nuclear explosion yeah. that would power this laser right, to create a massive amount of x-rays, a concentrated amount of x-rays yeah, um, that would be focused on a missile and it'd go kaboom! It was cool called idea. Project Excalibur so it had a cool name too. Yeah. But apparently Teller, or the people behind it, were accused of falsifying the um, initial uh, test... Oh, really? Results. Yeah. So it kind of w- went down in scandal and it, mockery and everything. So
2: in the little box it said worked or didn't work. They just checked worked and like shuffled away. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the, like cartoon sweat like coming yeah. off of their forehead.
2: So uh, some of the other ideas that they tried um, and spent billions of dollars trying, um, kinetic warheads, mm-hmm. apparently they would collide in orbit. Yeah, um, it's like that shooting, a,
0: shooting a, a missile at another missile. Yeah. Um, and that one actually was like the big dog on the block for a while at first in the early sure. stages of Star Wars because it, they figured out that you could have this thing, like a, basically a satellite-based garage yeah. with like 10 missiles in it. And you just have it floating up there, and it'd shoot at a missile, you know, and one came up, and it was a good idea. They're like, we can actually do that. Like, I think we can do this. Yeah. The problem is, is somebody pointed out that all the Russians had to do is shoot a missile at your garage, and for their one missile, yes. they took out 10. Yeah. So people said, okay, let's get back to it. And they, they started exploring other ones. It's like
2: bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's like bringing a missile to a multi-missile fight. No. I don't think that analogy works at all, actually. No.
0: I think it's like a a sitting duck.
2: (laughs) Okay. Uh, The other thing they wanted to try, Josh, was uh, rail guns mounted on satellites.
0: Did you see the Popular Mechanics drawing of this? I
2: did, and it's pretty wicked. Yeah. I got to admit.
0: It looks like an I-beam coming out of the satellite, but it's shooting like a three-ounce slug at 200 miles a second. Yeah, it's pretty wicked. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That one didn't go very far because of the the, um, energy requirements.
2: Yeah, it was just way too... uh, Expensive in an energy sense. Right. Uh, and then the MIRACL miracle laser. Yeah. Um, it was another laser, but it was ground based using mirrors, right?
0: Yeah, it was a chemical laser. Oh, okay. It wasn't like a uh, uh, nuclear X ray laser. Gotcha. <laughs> it's like they just started to try to throw cool sci fi terms of the yeah. time together, like, let's make a laser. <laughs> but let's make it a nuclear X-ray laser and we'll shoot missiles out of the sky with Tron. it. Tron. Laser Tron. <laughs> right. Let's add that. Um, so then the, this article doesn't really go into it, but after after some of these were kind of asked and answered, um, up until and even beyond the fall of the Soviet Union, the shining star in all this became this these things called bright pebbles. Does that uh, ring a bell? Uh-uh. It did for me. When I ran across it, I was like, those two words sound very familiar. So Bright Pebbles was the little garage with 10 Mm -hmm. missiles. These were very small ones, like, say, um, 20 to 50-pound mini-garages that would shoot slugs or would ram themselves, but I think they would shoot slugs. And rather than having one garage with 10 missiles, you would have thousands of these little things.
2: All over the country.
0: All over this, all over space. Oh, they're they're in space. Yeah. Gotcha. So they were hoping for a constellation of up to like 4,000 of these things just floating around in space. Wow. The cool thing about them was if you took one out, there were still 3,999 left, right? Yeah. They were autonomous, so they could attack on their own- if they, if they wanted to, they could also co- coordinate and communicate with one another to launch coordinated attacks against missiles. Yeah. So it would be very tough to overwhelm these things. Um, and they would have been designed to protect U.S. space-based assets like satellites. Sure. And if the Soviets ever launched anything like it, these things were – trained to just go right after them and blow them out of the sky too. So basically they were like little sentinels in space. Wow. And they were going to be cost-effective too. It was going to cost about 11 billion in um in 1984 dollars I think, which is about 20 billion today. That's a bargain. Uh, it was, considering that they were looking at like 20 billion which is about $43 billion in uh, today's dollars, just to get some of the other ones off the ground. Right. So to get 1000 off the ground that you could mass produce, just $11 billion at the time, Uh was quite a bargain. Yeah. And had the fall of the Soviet Union not come and gone, we probably would have bright pebbles up in space right now. Oh, really? And as a matter of fact, they were proven. They were tested. Um, The Clementine probe, which mapped the moon in 1994, Uh that was a bright pebble that they basically redesigned Instead of, uh, as a weapon, they used it to map the moon, and it did so successfully, so they would have worked. Awesome. And lastly? Yes. A computer model of Bright Pebbles found uh, that had they been in operation during the first Gulf War, um, they would have shot down Saddam's SCUD missiles Uh with 100% accuracy. Wow. Pretty crazy.
2: But, well, cheap. I was going to say expensive.
0: No, no. Yeah, cheap. They just didn't have time to come along.
2: Well, the problem with the rest of the plans is I saw one uh, quote that said that at the time they were just sort of taking these ideas almost from science fiction and mm-hmm. they felt like they were, or some scientists felt like they were a decade away from even, like they're saying we can't even start this for 10 years. We right. need to research for right. 10 years to see if any of this is even feasible But I think instead w- of sort of like trying these things out.
0: Reagan was encouraging that, though. I mean, I'm sure he was like, hurry up. But at the same time, I think he, I got the impression he was saying, like, sky's the limit, guys. Like, use your imagination. Do whatever you can come up with. It was definitely the li- sky's
2: the limit. Because, right.
0: yeah. Think Beyond some that. Some wacky even. ideas. Right. So did any of these ever work at all? So apparently a couple did. Like, they shot down three. They shot down a stationary object on Earth. They shot down um, a mock warhead in the Earth's atmosphere. Uh-huh. And they shot down another mock warhead in space. And one of those things was going 2,100 miles an hour. So that, so some of these technologies, because they had a bunch of different groups testing all these different crazy yeah, yeah. things, and some of them were successful, but for the most part, no.
2: But it eventually led to a different sort of defense system that we still have today, right? Or isn't that what some people say?
0: Yeah, like the ballistic missile defense system? Yeah. Um, is It's the out growth of star wars like the idea that we have a missile defense system comes from star wars
2: so even though we're not using x-ray lasers right a lot of people say it had some benefit in the end after all
0: yeah because we're using sensors those same sensors like a lot of the research that was not like x-ray lasers but it it that still had practical applications yeah we're still doing today and apparently at in pearl harbor last month a missile shot down another missile Really? Over the Pacific successfully. As a test. Yeah. I was like, somebody's attacking Pearl Harbor again? <laughs> oh, you don't really want. They figured the American public doesn't want to hear us. But yeah, the Chinese shot a missile at us and we shot it down. So everything's <laughs> cool. <laughs> that was close. So I guess that's about it, huh? Yeah. Um, that's all I got. Okay. So uh, if you want to learn more about Star Wars, I think it'd bring up a bunch of. Crazy stuff! If you type Star Wars in the search bar at HowStuffWorks, like the right. one man Star Wars,
2: uh, uh, Star Wars one man show, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good.
0: Uh, L- Landau, Doctor Pepper, Calrissian, remember that one? Uh, I do. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Just type Star Wars in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com, and I said that, which means it's time for a listener mail. Josh,
2: in lieu of listener mail, we're going to do a little Facebook question t- stuff. Uh, that we like to do from time to time. And this is happening live, which is pretty exciting. That is scary. Because uh, I didn't have listener mail ready, and this was a good thing to do. So let's just look through some of these, and you let me know what you want to read. Okay. Uh, our friend uh, Kuby, Don Kuby, says, uh, is there a particular side of the recording booth that you each always sit on? The answer to that is yes. Um, I guess... You were facing from here. Josh sits on the right. I sit on the left. But you really come in from the the other side. So Josh sits on the far side, and I sit on the near side. Yeah, and that's it's, the best way to say it.
0: That's very well put.
2: Yeah, and I think all the podcasters probably no one ever sits in a different seat. That'd be really weird.
0: Yeah, I'm sure everybody sits in their same seat. Like every if I time. sat over there, that'd
2: be disconcerting.
0: It'd be you'd have to be a, a like bona fide nihilist to yeah. to do that. That would just be odd. Um, I've got one from uh, Jerome Hansen. I would say Jerome, right? Yeah. Uh, who is your favorite Marvel superhero? Uh, I guess I would say Punisher. He, I know he's not a superhero. He's just a straight-up hero because mm-hmm. he doesn't have any superpowers. Yeah. But he's definitely the, the comic I was into the most as a youngster. Uh,
2: you? I'm going to go with Spider-Man.
0: Really? Yeah, yeah.
2: I identified. Yeah, with Peter Parker, not Spider Man. Um, favorite band of all time? I feel like we've answered that many times. Okay, I'm going with Pavement still.
0: Pixies still.
2: Okay. Um, I would like to know your opinion of Anne Margaret. That's from Brian uh, Throckmorton. I think Anne Margaret, in her day, was one of the most smoking hot women on the planet.
0: So uh, my only familiarity with Ann Margaret was from the Flintstones when they had that character Ann Margrock, <laughs> and she always seemed like she was on lithium, so I don't have a great opinion of Ann Margaret.
2: Gotcha. Oh, this is good. William uh, Bayer, if you were a speed limit, what would you be and why? You know what <laughs> I would be? What? I would be one of those special speed limits in state parks. It's like five miles an hour.
0: Do you know that there's the, the parking garage here is four and a half?
2: Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would be then. Four and a half miles an hour. It's like they're showing off. Because just take your foot off and let the idol take you, man. That's hmm. where thats where I'm at. What would you be?
0: This is arguably the strangest question I've ever been asked. I would say 75. Okay. That's good. Okay.
2: It's fast, but it's not super dangerous.
0: i I'm Not even to read into it. I just... I, that's what comes to mind. Okay. Gotcha. You got one? Uh... Let's see. Lisa Tashera asks us, what's our least favorite food? Lisa's a big regular, too. I'm glad yeah, you read that. I recognize the name. Hey there. What are you going with? Least favorite food would have to be... Oh, I was just talking to Yumi about this the other day. It's like one thing I really don't like, and I can't remember it, because I generally like everything. What's yours? Let me think about it.
2: Uh, probably mushrooms. On anything. I'm just not a fan. Yeah. I know they say they don't have taste, but then I'm always like, well, well then why are you putting it in something?
0: They can virtually ruin a um a pizza? Yeah. Yeah. Oh I've got it. Cream cheese. Oh, cream cheese with stuff in it. Like yeah. a cream cheese spread, a cream cheese ball, cream cheese on just about anything. Like if you have a plain bagel hot mm-hmm. with cream cheese that's fine just a regular plain schmear but man once you put like garden style cream cheese with something else
2: yeah I don't like that stuff either okay Uh, Matt Saylor boxers or briefs Uh, we've been asked that before I'm a boxer guy Katie Hart favorite punchline to a joke Uh, those aren't pillows
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't I can't say any ones I know Uh, you got any more on here
2: why don't we do, like, two more?
0: Uh, let's see. Charlotte Jean asks, how do we take our coffee? I take mine black. I do, too. So there you go.
2: That's kind of boring. It's
0: got a lot of hair on the old chest from it.
2: And, you know, Jason Domini from our friends at uh, Backdorf & Brunson, the amazing coffee makers yeah, and roasters, which you should—not coffee makers, roasters. You right. should support them, by the way. Um, he says— he gave me a personal tour of the thing and a coffee 101, and he says, if you drink good coffee and it's roasted properly, mm-hmm. you don't want sugar. Oh, yeah. Definitely don't want milk, but you definitely don't want sugar because he's like, it's really sweet. Yeah. He's like, coffee beans are exceptionally sweet. And when you roast it right, um, and he called it charbucks, which I thought was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. He said their stuff is just like bitter because they char it too much. Right. Because they get beans from all over the place, and when they do that, they want to make them all taste the same. Yeah. And the way to do that is to over roast.
0: This is our friend uh, Rob Pointer mm-hmm. was telling us that like there's he he goes to a coffee place in L.A. where like they don't even have cream or sugar. Oh really? Like they don't even offer it. If you want it, like they tell you to leave. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> when he made his coffee that day, it was great. Yeah. Um.
2: All right, so I think that that's good enough for now. We'll hit this up on the next one. Oh, we will? Yeah.
0: Okay, we'll be back, people. In the meantime, you can uh, contact us at uh, SYSK Podcast on Twitter. You can hit us up on Facebook.com, whether we have a question out or otherwise, at Facebook.com slash stuff you should know. And you can send us an email. To-